0: You're listening to Highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Rick Carnes. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. There's a difference between intelligence and genius that I always try to point out to people because uh, they'll say, oh, he was a genius songwriter. I say, oh, no, I knew the guy was dumb as a box of rocks, you know, but he was a genius. He wasn't intelligent, but he was a genius. And let me tell you the difference. Okay, the difference is that intelligence can find an answer that no one could ever think of genius. Is the person who finds the answer that was right in front of everybody all along and no one saw it but him or her. You know, genius is finding the simple solution that was right in front of everybody and no one saw it. That's a genius. And I, I, I realized real genius. Every time I hear a country song by one of these guys that makes these really, really simple lines and, just tells the truth as directly as possible, and then you ask yourself, "Could I make that line any better?" And you realize, "No, I, 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 can't write, I can't write that any better." You know, Harlan Howard was the master of the perfect, simple line, and he would write a line. And Paul Craft, my mentor, Paul would get a record that had a Harlan Howard song on it, and he'd drop the needle on the first line of the song, and he'd try, he'd listen to the first line, and he'd try to write the next line just to compare his writing with Harlan Howard, his hero. And he said every single line, he would write a line and think, this is it, Harlan couldn't write this line any better. And the line would not, as he said, Harlan's line would not only be better, it would be much simpler, much more direct. And he said Harlan just had that innate ability to simplify and say the perfect line that no one else would have thought of, even though it was so simple, anyone could have thought of it. About 30 years into my songwriting career, one day, I had written everything that I could possibly write, nothing else to write about. But then I remembered that, um, that Zen thing about everything seen in its proper light, is holy, is sacred, you know, even the simplest thing has its place in the universe. And it's just as important as everything else. Even the things that you think are the most important, like money or cars or something like that, something as simple as a cup of coffee is just as important. It has its place. And so I started writing songs about nothing. I know that it sounds crazy, but I was trying to find smaller and smaller things to write about. And one day I walked in and I Um, I had nothing to write about, so I wrote about a pencil. Then I wrote about a cup of coffee. I wrote a song about a $5 bill. I was trying to write songs about nothing. And I realized that the songs about nothing worked if I did one thing, if I told the truth. If I was making up stuff about this thing and trying to make it seem more important than it was, it didn't work. And so if you're stuck for a way to say something that you think will make it commercial or you think will make it meaningful or great, don't. Just make it truthful. If you just tell the truth, it will work. The Songwriter's Guild was born in 1931 on Broadway in a songwriter's strike, which nowadays we can't even consider. But let me simply say, there's an initiative out there right now, uh, I forgot, the, the Pact or something they call themselves, it's an anonymous group of songwriters who are trying to uh, get artists and producers to stop putting their names on our songs and taking a percentage. And I thought, you know, that's, that's 10 steps away from a strike, but it is the same impetus, the same idea, the same energy out of which the songwriter skill was born. And I'm glad to see things starting to come back around full circle because you ha- you nobody gives you power. No one ever gives up power. You have to take power. And artists need to take, I mean, songwriters need to take their power back. They need to stop giving away their songs. They need to stop giving away. Nowadays, every song has six people on it. And only one person wrote it, you know? Let's go back to the days when one person wrote the song, one person recorded it, one person produced it, one person engineered it, you know? And not everybody that had anything to do with the song puts their name on the song. So that's the kind of issue that the Songwriters Guild was born doing. And then it got more and more complicated as it went along. In the 50s, um, we started auditing uh, publishers. We we were the first ones to get songwriters a contract because up until the 1930s, songwriters weren't working on contracts. the The basic songwriter's contract, and you can see it in this business of music and at the Guild website, um, songwritersguild.com. You can see the original songwriting contract that is still used today as the boilerplate songwriting contract. Uh, we have always lobbied uh, and. Uh, uh, sued, litigated copyright cases uh, and we continue that today we do education uh, we do events uh, we do everything we can because that that will do the thing that our mission statement says is we protect songwriters that is our mission statement so anything that falls under that rubric is what we do well it's a a beautiful um Mission to give that support because, as you say, the music needs it. Now, everyone always realizes the names of the people, the lives, and the thoughts, and the dreams, and imagination that goes into it. And but without that, who's <laughs> where's the music coming from? Yeah, that's a good question. We, um, we want to see the continuation of songwriting as a profession, you know, so that. Uh, a kid like me is 13 years old, and, and they say, are you going to be a scientist, a technologist, an engineer, or a mathematician? I'm going, no, I'm going to be a songwriter. Oh what? <laughs> it's like, we want people to be able to say, yes, I'm going to be a songwriter, and yes, that is a profession. And that's something, uh, because everybody in my family was dentists and every single one of them, you know, told me the same thing. You know, it's nice to be able to do this music thing, but at some point, you got to have a real job. You know, you have to have a real job. So, and I've never done anything in my whole life but write songs. You know, I, I taught school for a couple of years, but, uh, th- but that was about songwriting. My entire life has been songwriting. Okay. I fear that the next generation isn't going to have any guys like me, no girls, no anybody coming up that can say, I'm going to be a songwriter my entire life. And that's what I'm striving for. I'm striving for a profession of songwriting because I truly believe that songwriting is an art that grows over time. You get better at what you do. And if you have to stop doing it at 25 so you can pay for your rent, then that's the death of art. And we must promote careers in songwriting. Mm. And because it nourishes us in so many ways that we don't even understand and allows us to speak to people. Songwriters... Create the meaning in people's lives. You know, and we don't, you know, whenever, when you're when you're married, you have a song. When you fall in love, you have a song. At a funeral, they play a song. When people go off to war, they're, you know, singing a war ballad. I mean, songs create the meaningful moments in people's lives. People bookmark the moment they met and kissed for the first time with a song. Songs are the bookmarks of your life. Your life is not going to have those meaningful moments cemented into your heart and soul without those songs. That's a critically important job that's worth paying for. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thanks for listening.